You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Oh, Michael. Andre, I don't know what to say. You know, I know which podcast we're setting up here, and I'm still, like, tail between my legs, full-on embarrassed about one moment in this podcast, but I don't want to give it away in the setup. Um, talking- I have to be honest, I, I can't remember it because it's such a blur that day. Stump the Stoop. We're talking about Stump uh, the Stoop with Thomas. Actually, yeah. I think Thomas and I are both a little bit. I actually I don't know if Thomas can be can be embarrassed, but no, a really I, I don't great... think he can. I, I don't think there's a way to embarrass Thomas in any way, shape, or form. He um, uh, he just kind of rolls with everything. Yeah, but anyways, um, I know these podcasts are always really well received. We got a new edition of Stump the Stoop with Thomas Pichelder. Andre, it is time for da, our da, da, da. third edition of Stump the Stoop with Thomas. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas. I thought it was Stump the Chump. It is, but we realized. I don't know. Where's, where does Stump the Stoop come from? That's a Michaelism. No, it actually, Stump the Stoop is actually from like Q107. I think they had to Stump the Stoop. But we found out over time that you are as good as a chump as you are a stoop. Ta-da! Okay, so... We are... The bar is set high. Was it last year we did the Kentucky wine, or was it two no, years ago? No, first year we okay. did the Kentucky wine. So, we've done this with a few other people, but Thomas is always fun to do this with, so we have Thomas Because I love it. Yes. We have... Uh, we should give a shout-out. We've done it with... Uh, we've done it with Penelope Irving, a family right. wine merchants. Yep. Uh, we will be doing it with Farah Felton Jolly of uh, Clinker Brick. Correct. We're bringing in, we're bringing in uh, an import. And uh, who else have we done this with? Uh, we have done it with uh, Brian Schmidt. Yep, we did it with Brian Schmidt. So here we go. Are you ready? Wine number one. I've never done this before, and it is a it is a bubble. We have never done a bubble before. Absolutely true. And uh, I thought, why not? Oh boy, <laughs> that, that looks like the color of pee. Uh, if you if if you haven't had anything to drink for uh, at least a few weeks <laughs> on a hot day. <laughs> Yeah, this I have no. Whoa! It smells like grapefruit, like like full Oh on... God! This this is it doesn't this... smell bad. It doesn't smell terrible. Like <sighs> like I think you've got your face because you're the one who wraps the bottles. You know what it is, and you know this isn't what it smelled like when you put it in your cellar and obviously forgot about it. You know what? It doesn't taste half bad. It doesn't taste. Half mm. bad. I'm still worried about Cabernet Sauvignon coloration of my glass. Would so you, I would, would ask for a second pour. Actually, it has a very lurid yellow. Hue. Yeah, it, it is going to be the same color going in as it is going out. So, One of the things I love about your Stump the Chumps is that I think I started as a journalist and I tried to learn as much as I could. The world has shifted a lot since then. Now I concentrate on like three or four grapes, but it doesn't mean my curiosity is still not there. So if you take getting stumped like a chump or like a stoop, negatively, you learn nothing. And if you say, why didn't I get it? But not in an obsessive way, you might actually learn something. I have no clue what this, this is. This smells like a Moscato or something. Do you else. like it? I do, actually. It's uh, it's um, grapefruit nose, honey on the palate. It's, um, How it's old is sweet, this but not cloying. Okay, so here's... Okay, maybe a little cloying. It's either Moscato or some wild Vidal kind of thing. So here's the, here's the weird part. Is this contraband? It, it's not. Here's, it, okay, this is very weird because uh, I was speaking to a winemaker in Niagara, uh, Derek Barnett of Melville Wines, and I said, I am going to pour Thomas and Andre this wine on Stump the Chump tomorrow. And he said, 
it's going to be brilliant. And I said, no way, it's going to be dead as a doornail. And he is dead on. I think this is still brilliant it's once brilliant. I tell you what it is. I think brilliant is a little bit much to say for it, but it's certainly quaffable. And, Michael, because apparently you're too cheap to run your air conditioning, it's a little warm in your house, this is definitely cooling me off. But here is what it is. I'm not going to Oh, you double-wrapped it. I did. Because no, I this, this is a... I think it's quite high in sugar, but the acidity is super high. I, I, yeah. This is a Bottega Il Vino del Amore Patalo, which is basically, it is, as, Vino, as you admit. Okay, how's, it, your, how's your Italian? Il Vino yeah. del Amore, does that mean? Uh, the wine what? of love. Wine of love. The wine of love, okay. It is a Moscato, that's what it is. But it's a big, big mint component on the nose. I so can't here's believe. the weird part about this. Just this year, I started using Cellar Tracker. Well, not this year. I've used Cellar Tracker for years, but, but I started barcoding all my wines wow. on Cellar Tracker. And it tells me the date that I bought the wine or that the wine came into the cellar. Are you ready? How old do you think this wine is? It feels 10 years old. Yeah, I'm guessing 10 as well. I got it in 2007. and wow. it's just so 12 years old. It's just been sitting in the wine cellar. So it's at no least 14 reason. years old. Correct. So it's, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Oh. <laughs> just spit the cork I out. think we should <laughs> serve that blind to Craig McDonald's tonight and just show him a bit of that pink capsule and let him think it's a treatise. That's, I was, oh, I that's was, funny. I am more shocked than anything that that, that, is, that is still drinking. Yeah, yeah. It's very quaffable. 12 years old as a Moscato, that, I wonder, that, here's the thing is, I wonder, that is brilliant. I wonder what I that think. would have tasted like when it was young and, and how it's evolved. Oh, it's delicious. It really, it, it doesn't, I, have to, I hate to say it. It doesn't taste much different. It just it's it's just lighter in color. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. We just we just had a, a really that was sh- shockingly. Oh yeah, good call. We got to give their glasses that's a, a good call. Here. That was I was really I really thought you guys this was going to be a bad wine, and I really am I'm kind of happy. That I feel honored to come I back every like year I, and I, have I, you I serve like... me the worst wines from your cellar. I love that. But that's it. Is Michael? You've I think you've already set the bar too low. Where like you started with the the real duds the first time we did this, and now like oh no, because 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 with Brian the wine showed better than you thought too. Uh, they did, but here I have a feeling this is uh, I know okay so this is the one that Andre uh, bought for six dollars, and. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he brought it, and it actually, it can currently be bought at at the winery as a, uh, I think you said it was a... Cooking wine. Cooking wine. Okay, so that's what this is. So so I just bought a Givry from the Southern Cochellanese in the New Hampshire Liquor Commission from 2013 okay. for $11.99. And you could say, was that American or Canadian? I would say, $11.99 for a village burgundy. Who cares what currency? I'll pay $11.99 of anything for that wine. So here we go. This is distinctly coppery in color. Yeah. Yeah. Like people wish their church roofs were this coppery. Yeah. So both Andre and I know what this is. So it's all up to you, Thomas. Yeah, I'm, mm. buying, I'm buying out. It was worth the six fifty to bring it here, though. No, it wasn't. I you should have phoned me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just recoil? I think Thomas just no, threw I, up in no. His I own just mouth. I nearly spit it out because you guys are funny to listen to. Oh. <laughs> that is totally dry. It's got great mouth weight. I'm trying to drink this without looking at the color of it, right? Yeah, He's and, trying and to be take nice the cork out of the bottle that has the name on it, Michael. No, you can't see. Thomas, be as brutal as you want. This thing is just—it's deader than a doornail. It's well, it's—it's it's now a vin orange. Originally, it wasn't. 
What was this? A Chardonnay when it was younger? It's in a Bordeaux no. bottle. It was not a Chardonnay. It's got it's, it's something with some palate weight, and it's still still you alive. Know what? When I, I'll be honest with you, I bought tons of this in uh, 2008 when they made it. It's a Legends 2007 Semillon Lincoln Lakeshore. Um, it, it was a it was such a gorgeous wine back in 2008. I bought tons of it, and then I remember I I. I thought Semillon ages really well, so I was going to hold on to it for three years and see what happened. Because they um, closed it under plastic, it did not age at all well. That's part of it. You know, the other thing is this. When I said Chardonnay, like an old Chardonnay, there's, it's, this is too old a wine to get any varietal nose, but you're looking at the palate weight and the terroir to see if you can figure out what it is. But I remember when Ken Christie, who's the uh, for the Opinion Society in Montreal where I started working, they came up with an offer – of Semillons from Burgundy fermented in barrel, and they said Burgundian style, and I was so young, I, I said, how can it be a white Bordeaux with a Burgundian style? And what they were saying, years later I realized, is the fatness of Semillon, right? With, with a sensitive barrel fermentation, you might get somewhere sort of in the, in the Chardonnay range, even though the grapes are different. I think we've seen that in Australia, too. Uh, barrel fermentation doesn't work with some grapes. It does work with some. And by that, I don't mean oaking a wine. I mean giving a wine the oxygenation of barrel fermentation. But Andre, I don't know, you know, maybe six bucks or whatever. I could drink that, but it probably doesn't resemble much its original no, self. It was, no, it was love. I, like I remember that wine. It was so fresh. It was I so. Saw, I saw, I saw Semillon. I saw hot, so hot vintage. I wanted to see how it would do. And if you go to Legends. They do have a barrel with um, wines they're selling off as cooking wine I wouldn't even for six fifty a I bottle. Say, I wouldn't even cook with it. I, you you would drink it because you know it's it's a curiosity, but I I would not happily drink it. Michael, I'd be looking for something else. This actually smells pretty good. The next thing in our glass from yes. wine number three. Actually, I have high hopes for this one because now this is a beautiful color. This is a mid. Uh, by the color of this, uh, we're not getting any hints to the... The problem with Stump the Chumps is you don't know hot year, cool year, region. You don't know grape type. You don't know anything. So you're saying, is the lighter color due to the fact it's Pinot Noir? Is the darker color due to the fact it's Gamay? Or is the black color due to the fact that it's you know Cabernet Franc? Or is it any of those in a hot or cool year from a, a specific place on the planet? Niagara Gamay 2016. Niagara Gamay 2016. He's come right out. He's come right out of the gate. Wow. I thought it has Pino, a spicy I thought, component. I thought, Pino, I thought Pino on the nose, but in the mouth, it's like cracked black pepper. It's that Gamay, like that rusticness to it. That is lovely, man. It is really good. It is Niagara really good. Niagara Gamay 2016. Eh? Wow. I occasionally throw in a good one. Oh, geez. I think, okay, I'm looking at the cork on it, though. I'm regretting saying 2016, though. That's been in your cell a little bit longer. It's already locked in. 2012. 2012. 2012. Doesn't feel... 2012. Doesn't feel like Pinot. Feels Burgundian. It's not Syrah. No, no, it's not... So it could be Pinot in a warmer year. Yeah, give give it to us. You ready? Mm -hmm. Pinot warm year. I'm more on Pinot warm year than Gamay, but... 13th Street Winery, Sandstone Reserve, Gamay, 2011. Cool year, Gamay. Cool year, Gamay. But aged... Aged. So you guys got to come to the cellar because now we have uh, five barrels of that vineyard. Wilms, we have to call it now. And we've done it in 55% whole cluster and in 10% whole cluster. Michael, this is stupid good. This, this is, is stupendous. No, no they, they this, nailed This that. is possibly the, the second best wine I've put in my mouth today. Well, 
No, that's Jean-Pierre <laughs> Collat is already there that's, by that's 11. Because Collat well, he's starts so in good. 10. Yeah, he's so good. So, oh, oh, that cork looks a little iffy. I'm gonna. Oh, oh so close. I got three quarters of it out, and then boom, it just. Oh, and it's so. Oh, oh I hate that. Was that was a really good wine. Yes, that was. It was. I figured we needed some to drink for the barbecue, right? So yeah, really, this is a 13th it. Street Winery Gamay Noir Sandstone Reserve, 2011. Felicitations, Jean-Pierre. Wow. 28-year-old vines. Yeah, they're planted in 1983. Wow. 20% new and 20% second-use French oak barrels. That's the thing. Anytime – I said this earlier in the – Sorry, how much podcast. new oak? 20%. Because um, I don't think there are any new barrels at 13th Street these days. I don't know. That, that wine was uh, – I would drink that all happily all night long. I was never sure when to open the at 11, and I'm really glad I I don't think it. you're going to get a chance at this tonight. <laughs> you've been cooking on the barbecue, it's and I'll be It's already on your side of the table. I see it. Uh, <laughs> and what is – what are you pulling out of your pocket? Is that a straw? So. <laughs> it's a hose. It's a <laughs> I, have an idea of, I have an idea of what this is. Uh, Ooh. Thomas is pulling his hose out. Uh, I like this. Better than you yanking out your Johnson like you usually did. So thankfully, so is that a, a fine? Is no. <laughs> it's not swearing. <laughs> that's, not, that's not no. Sexual content does not count as swearing. I guess we need a ruling from Brian Schmidt on that. Is this California Pinot? Mm-hmm. This is this is beautiful beautiful Pinot, but it it's a little over the top though. This is I, I prefer it cooler. No Oregon hot year California any year. It's California any year. I, I don't think. Here's the thing: is I know Michael Seller. I don't know if Michael has any old Oregon in his cellar. So if he, okay, he doesn't, you're playing surprise. the man. But I, I just want to say, which you're allowed to do, and, and it's a good thing to do. But I think that uh, I think if I go to a dinner party and somebody says we're going to have five courses and five great California Pinots, I'll say bring it on. Yep. It's not where I would choose to make Pinot personally. Yep. But if you're busting your gut to do it and you've got good terroirs, I. I but you see, California Pinot, same price as good Burgundy. Correct. The, the little single vineyards start at 75 But, it, but it's bucks. not the same wine. It's not the same wine. And it's, it's one of the things I've learned um, from having been to California at least a couple times now is there's a market for it. The people down there love it. It's, it's not what they think it is because I've been to several wineries in California, which is like, oh, it's, it's, it's Burgundy. And you taste it. It's just like, no, I know what cooler climate and what cool climate tastes like. This is not it. But... It's their own thing. Is there a problem with the wine? Not really. Is it my jam? Not really. No, but it is jam. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's it. It's jam. <laughs> so here's the thing. This is, this is for sure, dry. Yep. Yes. The alcohol is not too high. Oh, this and is 14%. Yeah, but we have to remember that sometimes when the alcohol is really high, they have to, not, not like, cynically, like I can, they I can have to leave. I feel this in the back of my throat, for sure. But they sometimes that's have. That's what she said. <laughs> Jar, jar. <laughs> I thought it was funny. You thought it was funny too. I could look at your face, both of you. He's looking at Prue. <laughs> so, All right, the, so what, where is it from? Well, what I think is this: I think when you make this kind of Pinot Noir, if indeed it is Pinot Noir and not Frappato or something, yeah, I would say though, if you've got ripe grapes. And you're not a cynical producer who always leaves six grams of residual sugar. Then what happens is you get to 14, 
14.5, and the yeast die out, the wild yeast you're using. Yeah. And so you end up with residual sugar. This wine is dry yes. and probably 14. Yeah. So this is, and, and beautifully done, the oak's not too much in evidence. Like, yes, believe yes, me. It's, it's very fruit. It's still got a lot of fruit on it. You know, um, go to the Cheesecake Factory in Buffalo at the Walden Galleria and try to find a dry Pinot Noir there. I have two lovely girls who took me many times shopping, or I took them. Well, whose credit card were we using anyway? But we went to the Walden Galleria, which is not only cross-border shopping, it's over the river. We don't say across the border here. We say over the river yep. in Niagara. And you go there because Toronto is like way far away. And the border here is 15 minutes from Welland, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and so we would go there, and I'm like, this I, they'd have three Pinots by the glass. And I go, great. At the Cheesecake Factory? Yeah, I, I know. So. At the Cheesecake Factory. And I go, okay, listen, which one is dry? And if none of them are dry, I'm going to buy a, a bottle of Pinot Noir, have two glasses, and then cork it. And they go, no. I assure you that number three is dry. And I'm like, this is sweet jam. So here we have dry, not overripe, just warm climate. Yeah. Correct for the warmer climate. If this is Niagara, Boy, Andre and I are going to look off. stupid for having oh, spent all this time. So, so, okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go, go 09 um, Sonoma County because you don't, spend, you don't spend money on Napa. Uh, 09 Sonoma County Pinot. 14, 14 and a half alcohol. And Thomas, you've, uh, you've, you've stalled long enough. I'm following Andre down that path, but this could be, there's only one vintage in Burgundy. This could be Burgundy and have to be 03. He's going to go 03 Burgundy. You're going I'm going. I'm going oh, New nine. World. Could, yeah. it be, could it be South Africa? Could it be Australia? I think it's, I think it's probably California. Uh, if I just want to, let's go see. What, Are you so, ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready? No, I'm still ready. You're shocked? I'm already I shocked. Say, oh, my God. Clausen Chase. 2007 oh. Clausen Chase Vineyard Pinot Noir. <laughs> Alcohol is 12.7. Wow. We're a bunch of idiots. No, it's a super hot year that year. It is yeah, but 12% alcohol. I can still taste the alcohol in the back. I think I I think it's because it just came out. Like I think you give this about half an hour, forty minutes. We're fighting over a glass of that. You just really enjoyed Thomas and I going off oh, yeah, about I warm did. climate, eh? <laughs> I don't know. I actually knew. I was like, oh boy. The funny part is the cork was moldy. I don't know if anybody saw the cork. It was just it's just a wrecked cork with mold on top. I saw you pulling it, but I clearly did not see the cork. So when you DQA, have... QA Prince Edward County. Could we Burnham. talk for a little minute about uh, bottle variation, which we saw in another episode around yep. the 2007 Atreus... Uh, no. 30 Bench 30 Red. 30 Bench Red. Uh, when you have a, a, a little bit of wine going all the way up to where you pull the cork out of it, just a little thin line of red going all the way to the top, you know the wine's going to be compromised. And I would almost guess here, although the wine wasn't compromised, that we just got enough oxygenation in that wine to just to make it a mellow, little... Mellow it out. Mellow it out a little faster, a little richer, but not porty. For a Prince Edward County wine on the edge, but in a hot year, very interesting. Very interesting. But about the, um, the 30 bench earlier, I want to say one thing. Bottle variation is about corks over time, for sure. Okay. But it's also about if the lot is big enough that it took you two or three hours to bottle it, or five, what bottle do you want? The first one through the line 
or the last one. As the tank or tanks were Ooh. going down slowly, those tanks were oxidizing slightly. So the best aging bottles would be the ones that were in the first third of the bottling, if you follow me. Yep. Corks aside. And the last ones, most exposed to oxygen, as the tank's full of oxygen and there's very little wine left in the tank, I don't know if people can think of a, a tank nearly being empty. And with bigger lots, sometimes you tie two or three tanks together and drain them all at the same time. So bottle uh, variation Michael. is very real. Thomas does not have this one yet. Michael, what are you doing to us? You know what? I, I, it's a green bottle. I, um, See I, those I green have, bottles? I okay. have to, uh, you know, we had two brilliant wines, one from 13th Street. One, one from, from California. Class, one from Class California. and Chase. And now, Sorry, from where? California. Class and Chase, Prince Edward County. <laughs> and now I have to uh, pour this for you. I cannot continue to uh, to give you brilliant wines. It's, it is Stump the Chump. It is uh, here's something weird for you. Okay, I, I say this without it being good or bad, but the nose is um, tomato paste and soy. So it's got umami on the nose. Is that good or bad for you? Um. It's indifferent. I don't really expect that from wine when I put it in there. And like the first, no, but I mean the first, the first. I think this would be great on salmon. The first nose was, uh, the first nose was 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 pretty off putting. But like the second nose, was just like okay, no, I can kind of dig that. Like it's got like it's, it's a really like over the top savory nose without being green. Yeah, it's, I'm still getting soy and tomato paste on the nose. It's like ketchup. Wow. On the once, palate. I once. Oh, you I, swallowed that. I did because I had to learn it. I've, I've swallowed it a couple times. That's what he said in prison. And go on. Jar. Oh, is that another? Why is that a jar thing? I didn't it's swear. It's just, you're above that. That's, that's when we're not recording, Michael. That was crass. Okay, so. I think that possibly also, does the umami thing pop out more when you have more, a little bit oxidation, but not enough to make it porty? which is the previous subject. Okay. So where where do you go with this wine? I have no clue. There's there's quite a bit of residual sugar left on this, which do, do to, me, you, to me sucks the terroir out of it. Do I do I tell you that it's plastic cork? Does that help anybody? Nope. Probably not, but it'll probably, you know, at least at least make you think that even if it is aged, it probably didn't age well. Well, here's the thing is, like, like I want to make a joke about some of the mass-produced wines that we've critiqued on this podcast before, but I don't even want to pick on anyone right now. It's um, it's, just, it's got a lot of sugar in it. Tell I, me which, which what, if you had to say a mass-produced wine. Where, I can't, I can't which guess. Which bottle is it? This is this one here. Still, But on why, is, why does it look like it's still full? Well, that's the sediment, believe it or not. I, I was looking at that, too. It does look like that's where the cork came out. So there is, like, an, a, an absolute... That is that is the end of the cork. So right now, I wish I could, you know, people could look. It looks like it is wearing a little black dress around okay. its neck. Can I say it a different Here's way? The bottle looks full, and we poured three glasses Correct. out of it. Yeah. So that means it's a Tanchurier grape. So in the south of France, it would be, could be Australian Shiraz, but mostly it would be it those is. grapes that have red pulp and red skin, which is Aramon and one more in the... Not Durif. What's south of France like? Oh. So you're thinking it's a French wine? No, I'm thinking it's a Californian wine that is um, that is from French roots. Thomas is going back in. I'm going back oh, yeah. in. Um, my guess, tongue-in-cheek, is it is an 09 
70% Campbell's Condensed Tomato Soup, 30% Kikoman Japanese Soy Sauce that you've aged for 10 years in bottle and let ferment. It's amazing how close he is. Let's have it. Let's have it. You're, you're in? All right. You're not even going to give us a guess, Thomas. But what was the year you gave? Oh, nine. The, the surprise is that you are right on the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if this wine is actually made from it. What it is doing in my cellar, I have no idea. But I found it, and uh, I thought this has got to be poured. It is a 2009 Apothic Red. Wow. And there's a dead silence. <laughs> what are you doing buying Apothic Red? What are you doing with an 09? You bought it in the States, too, I think. Yes, I probably would have bought it in the States. I have no idea why it's in my cellar, but it was there. I saw it, and Man, I said, this like, year listen, the, the, the other places like I, I was going to go that I didn't want to pick on were um, Fusion or Yellowtail, but at least Fusion and Yellowtail hold on to at least some varietal characteristics, right? But, but as you said, look at that. It's the, the, the sediment in that neck is, is black as... Uh... Part of this would have been made from grapes that have red pulp, too. And those grapes... You can't fix that much color during winemaking. It's as black as Donald Trump is racist. Yes. Yeah. It's... <laughs> okay. We that's... have to think about that, but I don't think there's any harm in saying yes to that one. But oh. when you have this much deposit on a bottle, there is some real dark stuff in there that cannot be... That ca... I mean, I'm, sur... I'm sure this was ultra, ultra filtered, and still it has a huge deposit in the bottle. I don't know. Was there ever a point when Apothic was good wine? It was not like when Fusion. Fusion started out as a good wine and then turned into a, a mass-produced, hard-to-drink wine. Uh, Apothic, I think, started out sweet and has continued to be has continued to be sweet. And I think, the, and, and it, it followed in the line of. Um, How do you uh, screw that up? I have no idea. Uh, it followed kind of in the line of uh, Yellowtail, right? They wanted to keep it sweet. They wanted to uh, make it easy to drink. That being said, though, Yellowtail still tastes like Shiraz. Like, you know, it's it's a hollowed-out version of what good Shiraz is. But it, it still tastes like what it's made well, of. Well, Apothic is a, is a blend, right? It's a, it is totally a, a blend of a bunch of different different grapes and different wines and I believe it's I believe it's Shiraz, uh, not Shiraz. It is uh, Zinfandel dominant. So, I mean, that's what's on offer down there, right? Yeah. So, and, and you can get it fairly inexpensively. No, right, I think there I may think be some cork pieces in here. Please uh, disregard cork pieces. But for anybody who's listening, I, I would just love to say that. Thank you for starting with the good stuff, Michael. For right. Michael to serve that is like it's easy as soon as you learn a little bit to become a wine snob. What's not so easy is to take. Apothic, how many years old? Blind, and just look at it. And uh, Andre j- jumped all over the fact that it had residual sugar. Oh nine, right? This is a ten-year-old wine. Ten-year-old but I mean, wine. my critique wasn't about the fact that it had the residual sugar. No, I get it's it. The I fact get... that the wine had no varietal characteristics. Yeah. Well, I couldn't it's a blend, right? I couldn't so... taste what it was because it had been aged away, and all that was left was that that sweetness in the umami nose. But let's face it, the, we want to talk about wines we cook with. 
If I dump that into tomato sauce with all that umami on the nose, all that umami on the palate too, I'll bet you that would be great or in, a, in a gravy. I'll bet you that'd make a great beef bourguignon. I bet you I could use that with salmon and, and, and let it uh, marinate in that for a couple hours, and you'd end up with some pretty interesting... Granted, with the sugar, I'd have to balance it out with a crap ton of salt, but I think that would make a decent sauce. I think if the uh, makers of Apothic are listening right now, they don't expect anybody to be drinking a 10-year-old one. Correct. Much yes. less to say what it goes well with Correct. in the kitchen. I believe that. And that's why I love this podcast. So, uh, you got, you've got it. I want to. That's want why more. I love this podcast. I want your glass. Oh, oh, che- oh cheers! Cheersing. I didn't realize that we were cheersing the uh, <laughs> the whole deal. I went over to oh, Jesus, Andre. those are aggressive cheerses. Hmm. Okay, so now we're back into some serious one. I knew that I had the apothic. I threw it in the middle because I knew that it was. Uh, I had no idea what it was going to be like, but I kind of figured it was going to be a... But um, good to do it blind. It, it's really interesting. Uh, we've done a fusion before. Which blind. showed really well. Showed really well. Penelope. It was the original fusion that came into Ontario. You know, when they actually said 70-30, 70% Shiraz, 30%. You look at the bottle now, it does not say what it is. It says Shiraz Malbec, but it doesn't say what the, what the blend is. When it first came in, it was a good wine, and, and, uh, and I had a, uh, you had to buy it by the case at the time. It was fairly dry back then. And it was dry back then. So, and, it, and it aged... Surprisingly well, under screw cap and everything. So now we're back into something, what I think is, is pretty serious wine. We're uh, dry. It's yep. dry. Um, but I thought... Fruits, fruits know, dried out on this. It's uh, cranberry, a um, little bit of like dried raspberry, potpourri going on. Yeah, it's definitely a floral note for sure. Yeah, I, I am so like thrown off by the the apothic. I am doubly thrown off about guessing Clawson Chase as uh, California. So I'm a little gun shy in this one, Thomas. I'm leaving this for you. Okay, but one thing is that the Clawson Chase is California with a slightly compromised cork. When you have the freshness of Prince Edward County with the hot year of 2007. 10 to 12 years, no, 10 years of bottle age, and then a slightly compromised cork. Those are a lot of variables in there. I'm not just cutting us uh, slack. I'm saying that wine was still fresh, still dry, still had minerality, but showed much uh, much more ripe than it probably was, although it was 07 County was probably ripe. It was, it was a delicious wine. Delicious. It was and, delicious and, wine. And followed by the 13th Street, I think that's... That's two in a row, and that's why boom, I threw boom. the apothic in there because I'm like, I can't give you three in a row okay. because this, I'm not that. But that guy. was one of Deborah Pascas's last Pascus's wines, wines and yeah. amazing wine, Deborah. If you're out there listening, this uh, this one that you poured for us right now, I'm sure at one point in time was quite delicious, but a little too old for me. Uh, I'm guessing 06 or older Niagara. I, I'm not going beyond that. You're not going to go to grape type. Uh, it's it's Meritage, my guess. Yeah, so I was right in the Bordeaux and was wondering what we would think if we had this in the set of all those Daryl Brooker, Craig McDonald wines, yep. right? Uh, of the 07s that we had four of, thanks to me not get, stopping you opening the same yeah. wine twice, which we learned from. We learned a little bit. So, so this one does taste like a meritage, right? Yep. I don't think it's a pure Cabernet Franc, do you? No, it's not pure Cabernet Franc, and I'm not getting... Uh like, I'm not getting any of the savory elements from it. Like, it's really well-balanced. But the fruits 
completely dried out, but it's not moved right on to like leather and, and completely dried out. Do you know what? I'm happy with that wine. I'm very bad. happy with it. And I, and I like your definition of potpourri, and you said there's some floral elements for sure. Floral elements. There's also that oakiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells like a it smells like a high end bathroom. This one, I I, I you know I, what I mean. I not know the bad stuff. The good I know stuff. the year. I not know, not Lysol, but Febreze. I know yes. the year, I, and I know kind of where it's from because it was a last minute edition. Because you were supposed to bring a Henry Pelambaco and you didn't, so I had to put I'm in sorry. something. So well, I had to put something in. The bus for that. Yeah, you're. I'm going to back up the bus too and roll you over again. Okay. You were supposed to bring an old Baco. Okay. Didn't I had to go back into the cellar and come up with this, and I I am thrilled by this wine. So yeah, Thomas, yeah, what I've is given, it? I've given you all the hints. What do you think it is? On this. You're, you're guiding me to make me guess. What do you got? What I was saying, uh, you taught me something today, which was potpourri is a dried florality as mm-hmm. opposed to Michael's saying it's a floral, and you're yeah. saying it's a dried floral. It's dried floral. Yeah. For so sure. I think it's past its best for sure. Oh, for sure. And I think it's still lovely. But something about it doesn't have quite the weight. Is it much, much older than the oldest wine today, which was 04 from Bordeaux? uh, An 04? It is a little older, yes. It is a little older. Okay. Oh, that's a mitigating factor. So this is like 99 Niagara. Do you think it's Niagara? I do think it's Niagara. Thomas, do you think I can't? I cannot quite go. I think acids are great on it. Like, acids are still searing on the finish. It has that wild, hot, green bottle top again. It scares me that. Usually in Niagara, in the great regions you have now, dead leaf, which is the light sort of uh, olive-colored glass, or you have the dark antique glass, and usually very heavy that you can't see through. But when it's lurid green like that, I'm like, ah, finger legs from the 70s. Ah." So, Thomas, I'm colorblind. Oh, okay. I'm I'm red-green colorblind, Mm -hmm. so... Apart from the fact that the Claussen bottle is a little darker, the green between the Apothic and the and the uh, Gamay is similar to me. Are you gonna you gonna finally give me a? a... No, I'm gonna go. I, I, I don't see out. how this. You're trying to confuse me with the fact that this that you were supposed Michael to bring back games, yeah. But but and we were on a Bordeaux blend. This is something fairly serious that was done in oak barrels. That was done delicately. That was rich. I mean, this could be anything from a Marinissin Cabernet Sauvignon to a Bordeaux. It could be anything. It might, might, might be a Syrah from somewhere. Give it to us. It's a Bordeaux bottle. Clearly. It is a Cuvée Prestige from Chateau Cantaloupe. Oh. That's... Premier Cote, Cote du Bordeaux, 2000. I would like to thank my agent now for whispering in my ear it could be a Bordeaux. Thanks, agent. <laughs> oh, wait a sec. I have to get an agent. <laughs> And an assistant. So, yeah. Oh, it's that a, is awesome. It's a 19-year-old yeah. bottle of Bordeaux. So, yeah. And how much did he pay for that? Oh, hell. Uh, 1995. When he bought that, he was still on his dad's and mom's allowance. So, uh, it didn't matter because he didn't pay anything for it. But, I mean, that's that's. Thank not, you for sharing that, man. 12% alcohol, believe it or not. Oh, I can believe that. One. That's why I, th- I was thinking Niagara. It was a little lighter there. But So, we were right on it when we said, you know, how was the uh, the other... What was the oldest Bordeaux blend? Bordeaux this is older than that. Well, apparently I have no idea what alcohol tastes like because I guess that Clausen was 14% alcohol and it was 12.7. I think this one's broken. Yeah, this one broke right in half. Right in half. All right. So. I would like to come back someday and talk to you guys a bit about Burgundy. We can do that. We can make that happen. Yeah. Because, because you know what? 
we could do like six episodes on Burgundy. Like I understand, Mister Monsieur Prou has discovered Burgundy recently. Very recently, yes. And there's and and Madame aussi. And there's lots to talk about about modern well, day Burgundy. We stayed. There's that hotel that you recommended. Here we go. The hotel that you recommended right off the the town square yeah. that cost like nothing, and the woman who ran it How came off as she? a little crabby. She was younger than you, but it was right off the town but square in Bone. Just as crabby. Just was, as crabby. For was, the record, I can't remember what it was called. It was right off the town square in Bone. Yes. What do you mean, younger than me? She's ninety. No, 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 no. I'm shocked and appalled. Justice. No, no, no. It must, it must have been. It must have been her daughter running the reservation. But it was uh, like she wasn't as no. warm and welcoming as literally everyone else we met in Burgundy. It's called France. Yeah. Okay, last wine. Okay, here we are. This has been fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Uh, Thomas, we always love having you for these uh, stump the chumps. It's uh, you were the guy who started these with us. Uh, and we need to do more of these. We do. We've got uh, more to come. It's just in another segment, which may be recorded at some time far away from now or in 10 minutes. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we, we really love having you. And uh, and actually, it was with you that we, we started these segments um, because you were so game to do it. It was oh, like, it. Uh, talk about your history, but also, how would you like to try some really old, you know, crappy wine? And uh, that's where we ended up. And be surprised, maybe. And be surprised by some... Probably not crappy wine. So this one, the cork broke pretty badly and also into the bottle. I really like this one. But uh, Super Evolved knows, uh, um, in a really good way, there's some kind of... There's some kind of tea notes there, which can be good or not if you like tea. It's like, I want to say, uh, oh, it's cranberry, say tea notes. cranberry notes in a kind of one of those... Herbal teas that the French like, mariage frère. But a, but a dried plum as well. Yeah. Um, Definitely, those, I believe potpourri. those are called prunes, Michael. No, but like before they become prunes. You know, they're just a little bit dry and you can still eat them as a plum, but not. Aren't prunes after one of your barbecues? That's, that's to help everything go through. <laughs> I'm getting red licorice on the mid palate, like full on Twizzler. There's a lot. There is. There's a lot more going on. Wow, that's a that's a wine. complex wine. I don't know what, where to go with this. I'm guessing warmer climate, but I don't know what to think because, like I said, Clausen just kind of ruined me on this. But uh, let's say South American yes. South American Cab Sauve, ten years old. He's going South American Cab Sauve, ten years old, which would bring us to 09. I apologize for the cork pieces in there. It's probably giving you a little more than you than you expected. No, a little chewier. It is chewier, mm. and it's like what I love. If we could, oh uh, my god, yep. if yeah. we could talk to your listeners about chewiness and and flavors, I've had so many times where somebody who has a fair knowledge, like you two here, or a great knowledge, has said something to me. We're all suggestible, and you say, "I definitely get this show's theme." potpourri on the nose and you go oh yes me too then you realize you're one wine behind them whoops but their suggestion because wine is so complex allowed you to pull out potpourri off that wine if it was there at, even at all yeah right if it wasn't there then you'd say i disagree sir but here i don't know are we in a bordeaux blend again are we in syrah i don't think it's syrah 
No, he's going for back for more. Uh, it is. I'm Thomas spinning. always goes back for a second glass of the stuff he likes. He wasn't. It, it is pretty. He never it went is back pretty, for a second listen, glass on the Apothic Red or the Legends. It's so. pretty. It's pretty black, but it's not blue enough for the Syrah for me. But it's blue on the nose. It's like blueberry on the nose. Yeah, but, but sir, I disagree. There is no blue on the nose for me. It is not the baby blue movie, sir. <laughs> I am looking for boobs on this one. Why? I'm not getting the like like I'm getting red licorice, not black licorice. When you get when you get the warmer you get the warmer Syrah, like this feels warmer, you kinda get the black licorice, the blueberry. Andre's in South America, two thousand and nine. There's definitely a pepper there. Um, there's definitely some of the heat. If this is twelve point five Clausen Chase, I can't believe it. Yeah, if it's twelve point I'm just gonna walk into traffic if this is if this is Clausen Chase again. <laughs> right outside Michael and Erica's house. The traffic is heavy right now. Yeah, there's I, I think my It'll be uh, Mary my, that runs me over. Yeah. I saw a bird walk by about five hours ago. There was a bunch of <laughs> just, man across the street. That could <laughs> that could be what hits Andre on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> no but that's it. If this Look is if this, if this is if this is the walk all cool climate, like I just I don't know what to do. Thomas, I'm gonna. I turn to you. So. I'm going to South Africa or California. I want to say. I want to say Australia because there's a bit of that eucalyptus thing going on. Those three places all have it. Your Chile has it. So I want Andre to be right. It's his birthday today, so let him be right. <laughs> Here you go. It is a 2001 Yolamba. Ah, Thomas, Shiraz. well done. As you had picked out uh, something maybe from Australia, it is, but it is uh, 18 years old. Shiraz. Wow, that's beautiful wine, man. Listen, at least at least I got warmer climate. I don't completely suck, but this is definitely the worst I've done at this. Definitely the worst I've done at this. No, no, you're okay. You, no, you're we, okay. You we, said a lot of a lot of the descriptors. You have to describe the wine. Yeah. After guessing it is a second thing. Describing it is important. You always Correct. were dead on about that. Yeah, the, the description is important. <coughs> Uh, I, again, uh, the last two wines were, you know, those wines that I thought might be serious, might be not. Uh, the 2000 Bordeaux, the 2001 Shiraz, you never know where they're going to go. B- both under cork, both corks that crumbled, uh, seriously crumbled into the wines. Well, dear we should, sir, you have honored us with this set, but all anybody will remember is the Apothic Red that was 10 years old. And the Legends oh, yeah. that was absolutely an abomination. But These uh, are some a good set of wines, and... Um, I would love to try that Claus and Chase again. Yeah, I'm going to be, and we will. And I think that warm climate Claus and Chase, eh, Thomas? <laughs> but I, but I think the next stage is to sit out on the deck and have a few drinks. So, and these are going to be in the in the lineup. So, but, Thomas, thank you once again. We never got to your history, so it looks like there will be a fourth installment of Thomas Batchelder. Well, I would love to talk about Domenkelos someday. I would love to come back <laughs> and talk about Burgundy because I realized. Uh, I was in Maine this week, and we actually rode back arriving at midnight last night to make sure that no border crossing with too much wine that wasn't being declared could stall us from getting here. And so despite the poisoned food that Mary ate in the USA, that is not a political statement, Mr. Trump, um, but she did get Trump down there. And well, the FDA has been decimated too, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But we made it here, and we're happy to be here, and I would love just to give you guys a bit of the inside scoop about Burgundy on the next podcast. So maybe maybe instead of doing a summer, we bring you in in the winter to talk Burgundy. Okay, let's do it. All right, and then we'll do the summer stuff that we usually do. Andre, do you want to say anything? I, I, I sucked. 
I agree. No. <laughs> I agree. No, no, Thomas. Let him say it because it's true. Oh, man, Michael, you got any more of that warm climate Claus and Chase Pinot in your cellar? I, I, I'm sure I have warm vintage, but uh, yeah, that, that one uh, got both of you. I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah. I it, really didn't expect it to, to be even holding up, to tell you the honest truth. It showed so incredibly well, but like it's, I don't think I've ever tasted a wine from Ontario that de- defies that like climate feel to it, you know? Wow. And it was still like, um, and, and the thing is, Thomas and I were both talking about just how much we enjoyed the style for what it was, you know? Yeah, you guys really enjoyed the wine. I know it, it of of that evening, uh, we opened, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 35 bottles, uh, and uh, that was in total. Uh, and I think that was one of the wines that actually all disappeared. Definitely, it definitely did. Um, you know what? I guess this wraps up our annual Thomas Bachelder uh, podcast fest for now. Um, he was so excited to talk to us about Burgundy that he did say he's going to come back. And I'm actually really looking forward to um, talking to him about it. Because um, as you know, and as the listeners know, I dipped my pool in the, the pond of visiting Burgundy earlier this year on my um, on my own dime and my own time. But I still find that region incredibly daunting because it's really hard to find good, affordable bottles. So I'm hoping that while Thomas is going to... Uh, teach us a little bit about the philosophy of how the wines are made there that maybe will knock some recommendations out of him that you and I can afford. Well, I, I know while you were there, you said you found somebody who didn't want to buy a Ferrari or something, and then that's why their their prices were were reasonable. Yeah, that was uh, Bergeret et Fille, um, and I, I'm that's top of my list next time I go back to, to France. is to I, go visit I may have winery. to slip you a few shekels and uh, see what you can bring back. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this is uh, us just teasing way ahead to, um, you know, you can check out uh, Thomas hopefully coming up in the winter months before uh, the snow melts. I think that's what he said he wants to do. He wants to get us get us into a burgundy frame of mind. Yes. Uh, so remember, you can help us make sure that we can afford to make this podcast. Uh, Keep the lights Patreon. on. Yep. And the mics on. Yep. Uh, Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. I'm Andre Pru from andrewinerview.ca. And I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinerview.com. And as always, good night. Oh, man, I really screwed that up. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at iSellers.ca. Find out how you can support us, like Adnan, by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine.